They seem to be fine with my sexuality, although mum keeps asking me about boyfriends, <laughs> which is fine. But I'm actually questioning whether I'm polyamorous as well uh, as everything else. So <laughs> I haven't told them that bit. <laughs> Just one thing at a time. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so they're fine with the gen- uh, the uh, sexuality part, but they're not they're not so accepting of my gender part. They have, they're not accepting of my new name. So that's a journey for them and for me. My name is Harriet. I'm a lesbian woman living on Wurundjeri country, and I'm the Artist Development Manager at Midsummer Festival. I'd like to begin by acknowledging the lands on which this podcast episode was recorded, the Brakalung lands of the Gunai Kurnai Nation, and pay my respects to elders past and present. I would also like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the various lands on which you live, work and play today, and acknowledge that sovereignty has never been ceded. We recognise the important role that art has played on these lands for thousands of years and feel privileged to work alongside artists continuing the creative practice of one of the oldest surviving cultures in the world. Always was, always will be. The episode you're about to hear is with Skye. Skye is a queer person who became blind and paralysed after having a stroke when they were five. In this episode, Sky speaks about what their life has been like living regionally as a queer blind person. Sky studied music at university and shares stories about their connection to music throughout their life. At 13, they came out to themselves as gay, but now they are also navigating a changing gender identity and how the various responses from community and family members is impacting that process. Sky is currently writing their memoir called ways of getting from here to there, and talks about their relationships with biological and chosen families and the importance of having pride to live your best life. Trigger warnings for this episode include suicide, mental illness and transphobia. Introducing Sky. My name is Sky, and I've just changed my name last year. Wow. Yeah. How does that feel? Empowering. Mm. Mm. How did you come to choose Sky? My one of my last visual memories was in a helicopter when I was very sick, and when I had my stroke when I was five, and I was in the helicopter being transported to the Royal Children's Hospital, um, and I was lying on the bed in on the stretcher in the helicopter. Looking out of the sky, looking for Mary Poppins. <laughs> Did you see Mary Poppins? No, <laughs> I don't think so. No. <laughs> she wasn't there. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's wonderful. That's a beautiful, um, beautiful background to your name, the yeah. choosing of your name. I've got this little jar and inside there is some pieces of paper and the people before you who have been in here Mm. Have all written some questions. Oh. So actually, if you if you pull out a question, which question should I choose? <laughs> <laughs> you can read it. Okay. 
because it's braille impaired. Mm. Mm. Oh, wow. Okay, so this question that you've just pulled out of the question bowl is what does the word family mean to you? Ooh. It means people that you connect with, either by blood or by relation. And I'm discovering my queer family more and more Mm. as life goes on and discovering that there are similarities between me and my fellow queers (laughs) and that I've also got my blood relations as well but they are not the same as me in other ways Mm. and my queer family, my queer disabled family uh, I'm finding at the moment. Wow. (sighs) So tell me about how long have you been here in Morwell? <laughs> I don't live in Morwell. I live oh. in Mowi. Mowi. Yeah. Okay. So I broke up with my ex-boyfriend two and a half years ago mm-hmm. uh, and came back to Gippsland because I had nowhere else to go after I broke up with him. Mm. And the pandemic really made things very difficult for us because he... Has, is not diagnosed as hang, having anxiety, but he does <laughs> okay. have anxiety. And so he wouldn't even let me go out for a walk around the block mm. with my cane or with Varric. This is during the pandemic? Mm. Mm. Because he thought that someone would come close to me and give me COVID mm. and then I'd bring it back home. Okay. How long were you in a relationship for? Five years. Well. Mm. And this was going on for four months. Yeah, okay. And, uh, yeah, just was Mm. too much and had a mini nervous breakdown. Mm. And it's like, I have to get out of here. (laughs) Mm. (sighs) So how's the last two years been then since? Good and bad. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Some ups and downs. Ups and downs. (laughs) Yeah. I've made some good connections. I've got a new friend called Stephen. Yeah. He had a stroke as well and is queer. And we have lots of good chats. <laughs> Does he live in Maui as yeah, well? Yeah, he lives in Maui. So mm. I've learned how to get to his place from my parents' place. Mm. So have yeah. you always lived regionally? I went to uni in at, in Melbourne okay. at Monash. Oh, yeah. Um, in Clayton, mm-hmm. and where I studied music. Yeah. For six years. Oh, and wow. Yeah, or well, it was a three-year degree, but I got distracted by <laughs> coming out. <laughs> okay, so you, all right. <laughs> so that so you came out during university years. Properly, yeah. Yeah, I came out to myself when I was thirteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tell me about that if you want to share that part of <laughs> your story, if you'd like to. Uh, I was having some teenage boy fun with other teenage boys and discovered that I didn't think about girls in the same way that I think about boys. At the same time, because I went to a Catholic primary school and I knew in myself that God didn't like gay people. So that was that struggle there. Mm. (laughs) How did that feel to...? Um, I was very conflicted Mm. when you're 13. Mm. And trying to deal with that, (laughs) 
13? It wasn't, maybe I was a bit younger. Maybe like 11, 12. Wow. Yeah. Did you have anyone around at the time you could talk to? No. No. So it's quite a, an isolating... Well, yeah, very isolating. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I kept, kept it hidden. Mm. But everybody knows me because I'm blind and paralysed. People see me as a blind person first. Okay. Um, usually. <laughs> and then they know more about me <laughs> when they get to know me. <laughs> but my family, my mum and my dad really struggled after I had my stroke mm. to um, rehabilitate me. And I feel like now my... my I'm not sure what should I say. <laughs> Whatever you feel comfortable saying. <laughs> mm. My mum wouldn't see it this way, but I am coming to think that she... My parents put everything into rehabilitating me and their lives kind of stopped when the day I had my stroke. Mm. Which, you were five, yeah, would you say? Yeah, I was five. Wow. Yeah. Do they know what caused the stroke? Uh, just a one in 50 billion chance. And wow. I was that one in 50 billion chance of, yeah, I was the, I was the one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> maybe not billion, maybe million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so the lasting effects of the stroke have been blindness. Yeah. And paralysis. And paralysis. So my right hand and leg are paralysed. Okay. So every day is difficult <laughs> yeah people don't realize how difficult it is <laughs> to be with my disabilities mm -hmm. so one thing being blind it's a whole different kettle of fish being blind and paralyzed mm -hmm. yeah mm. yeah but <laughs> them's the breaks <laughs> yeah how old are you now 41 okay over the hill <laughs> 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 you studied music at university. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. So I've always done music and it just seemed like a logical step after school because I was very much a trumpet player back at high school. So I played in a Dixieland band at high school. A Dixieland. <laughs> yeah, it was so much fun. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> and I wanted, thought I wanted to continue with trumpet but it was very hard my trumpet gets very heavy with one hand and I can't hold it properly so I could only play for about 10 minutes before I had to put it down for a rest um, and I love my trumpet <laughs> mm. but I'm really a singer now really yeah okay. so tonight I'm going down to <gasps> Melbourne to sing at the a summer mass at um, St. Mark's in Fitzroy do you sing on your own no I sing in a choir in a choir yep yeah, I don't like singing on my own, but I love singing choir. Yeah, so yeah. beautiful. So tonight we're singing Missa Princeps Pachis by William Lloyd Webber, wow. who's Andrew's mm -hmm. and Julian's father. Mm. He was a composer as well. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone knows Andrew. Yes, <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah. would you say music has given you in your lifetime? Um, on a basic level, it's... It's something I can do that can, I can bring out to the world. Um, 
you know, it's always something that I've done. So when I was 10, we went to St. Kieran's, the primary school, <laughs> my primary school's fate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the local city band was playing. And they played the Muppet Show theme. Ah, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how does and that go? Tell me, remind me how that goes. <laughs> wow, that's so good. That was on every Sunday, wasn't it? I don't know. I remember growing up to that. <laughs> it's time to put on makeup. It's time to dress up right. It's time to uh, get things started on the Muppet Show tonight. Oh, yay. <laughs> Beautiful. Why do we always come here? I guess we'll never know. It's like a kind of torture to have to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the words? Yep. <laughs> okay, so that was playing. <laughs> they played that. Okay. And then they said I went to meet them afterwards, after they played and I was like, I want to come and play with you. Really? <laughs> so we worked it out. Mm. The next Wednesday night, come to rehearsal. So I did. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. And I played yeah. with them for years after that. Mm. And that was how it all started. My, my dad and my sister still play with them. <laughs> so it goes way back. It goes way back. Yeah. Yeah. And my very, he's a friend now, but he was my music teacher at high school, David Williams. People called him grumpy because he was very grumpy. (laughs) (laughs) He uh, came as a, you know, an audition to conduct for the band. And he, in the first, (laughs) I don't know how he was, how old he was, like 35 or something. Um, And he said, oh, move if you can't see me because you have to watch the conductor. And I, I, um put up my hand and said, ah, it won't work. (laughs) And he said, why not? So move, so you can see me. (laughs) It's not going to work. Why not? I'm blind. (laughs) Apparently he felt three foot, uh, two foot tall. (laughs) Really? (laughs) By this little 11 year old at the back of the band. Oh dear. <laughs> this is fun. You like this? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I like telling my story without a, an, like, you're a journalist, but <laughs> not a journalist. <laughs> yeah. We just... So you're not going to censor, you know, things aren't going to get taken out of context. Mm. Yeah. Which is what journalists tend to do. When Pollyanna told you about this project, what made you feel like you wanted to take part in it? Just because I've thought about writing my... Like, I've already started writing my memoir. Mm. I've written about five or 6,000 words already. Wow. And so I've thought about telling my story, mm. and I thought this would be kind of cool to do. Everyone has a story, mm. and not everybody has... The ways or means of telling their story mm. in a way that is appropriate. So, is there any particular part? I guess we we can't cover your whole life story <laughs> today. <laughs> but are there any particular parts that you would like to 
share or focus on? Just that I'm discovering more and more that there's such an intersectionality, such a great word, intersectionality, mm. about my identity. It's hard, it's like it's impossible to break those bits down. <laughs> so I'm queer, I'm, I'm gay, I've got a penis, so I like men. <laughs> and so in that sense I'm gay, but I am also thinking about my gender. Granty, that's Grant in the background. It's Grant. He's a bit of a talker. <laughs> He's got beautiful eyes. <laughs> So I'm thinking more and more about my gender um, and wondering whether I am male or not, and I don't think I am, so I'm using they, them pronouns now. But I don't know where that's going to end up. And, yeah, my blindness and my paralysis. (laughs) It's all interconnected. And my advocacy work with my... I work on a program called the Sexual Lives and Respect for Relationships mm. program. What, what is it that you're most proud of in your life? Keeping on going. <laughs> Have there been times when you've just felt mm. it's just all too hard? Yeah. And I had a moment of contemplating suicide um, probably about 20 years ago now. Mm. And it's very hard being an adult. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's much easier being a kid. <laughs> it is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You don't realise that when you're a kid. <laughs> <laughs> you don't realise how easy you've got it. Sort of other people are having, taking that responsibility, aren't they? Mm. So many responsibilities as yeah. an adult. I was just saying that to someone this morning. Mm. It's like, it's so easy. Oh, I was getting my nails done this morning. Oh, they're beautiful. Thank you. So you've got pink. Red, orange, yellow, blue, and then on the hand, pink, purple. And There's then, indigo. Oh, indigo. Violet. Violet. I'm not very good at colour Colours of the rainbow. Oh. Red, orange, yellow, green. Yeah. Roigebiv. Roigebiv? Mm-hmm. And mm. so you remember the colours of the rainbow. Ah, okay. <laughs> Is there a song with the colours of the rainbow in, in it? I can sing a rainbow see a rainbow see a rainbow too red and orange and green and blue um da, 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 da. purple and orange and green i think <laughs> <laughs> so, something like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and what what has got you through i guess i mean there's probably a lot of things that have got you through but when you're at, when you're at your worst time, uh, have there been things that have got you through? Various things. Mm. I think my music has got me through. <sighs> it's hard to put into words, <laughs> but I think the notion of just ending it all is such a giving up. <laughs> It's like we have a responsibility to keep on going. Yeah. Um, and I think also I was going to talk about my mum before. Mm. She is a wonderful person, but she has 
agoraphobia, so she doesn't like going out of her house. Uh, out of her house, and she hasn't been out of the house properly in about oh since the day I had my stroke. Oh really? She was working on the day before I had my stroke, and she had problems before that. Okay. But my stroke really ended think her career mm. as a nurse, um, and just yeah, knowing that <laughs> it's. It, I've got a responsibility to keep going. <laughs> mm, for her? Well, for me. I can't live her life. I can't lead her life mm. for her. I've tried. It doesn't work. And I'm guilty of trying to get her out of the mm. house. So going to the movies the other night, I said to my dad and my sister, I'm like, I wish mum... Could, would be here with us, but she's not going to. Mm. But just to be able to voice that mm. is what I all I can do with my mum, my dad, and my sister. And they've, you know, they've got their things too. My sister has schizophrenia, but she's very high functioning. She's just finished her masters in statistics. <laughs> oh wow, that's awesome! <laughs> yeah. After doing her honours in biomedical science and she's going to do her PhD now. <gasps> Fabulous. <laughs> wow. Is she younger? Older? She's older. Mm. She's 43. Okay. How was your experience coming out? It's it been in stages. Mm-hmm. Now I just don't care mm-hmm. or try not to care about what people think. It's a little more hard around here in Gippsland. Um, people seem to accept gay all right. <laughs> Mm. But being trans is a whole different kettle of fish. What is it that you're sensing or picking up from people? People are very set in their views around the trans experience. I'm still struggling with calling myself trans. I met a dad, I don't really know him, but I knew, I went to, I know the family by going to school with with his sons. And I said to him, I'd, I'm changing, like he called me by my dead name. And we were just walking along and I said, oh, I'm changing my name. And he said, and he said, what's your new name? My name, my name is Sky. And he said, why are you changing your name? And I said, well, my old name doesn't suit me anymore. And... It's not my new identity, and he said, "Oh, you're not one of those people who're gonna, ch- you're gonna, you're not gonna change, are you?" I'm like, "Oh well, I don't know." <laughs> mm. It's like mm. everyone has a view about it, and I try to be as open as I can, but I don't feel like I can. It's very, it's very difficult at the moment being here with living with my family because I called me by my old name so if I'm going to be able to live my best life I do need to move away to do that and then come back and be completely different if, if that's the way it's going to happen mm. so that's how I'm feeling at the moment and I know that this storytelling is kind of you know 
you're just capturing a moment in time. <laughs> Absolutely. Aren't yeah. You? Mm. yeah. So that's how I'm feeling at the moment <laughs> about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it might change. I don't know. But I have a feeling that Gippsland is they're very down to earth people in Gippsland and very, you know, farmers and coal miners and it's not my kind of world. <laughs> What's your kind of world? Everyone can live the life they want. <laughs> And without being judged. Without being yeah. judged. So while it's been a good place to come back to after the breakup of my relationship with Ben and his mother, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm ready to move on and to uh, live my best life. And mm. I'm on the way. I'm on the journey. <laughs> <laughs> like a, living your best life. That sounds like a good chapter in your memoir. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm calling my memoir Ways of Getting From Here to There. Oh, that's a great title. (laughs) Yeah. What are the challenges that you face? I mean, this is probably, it feels like a dumb question, actually, but (laughs) I don't know how other way to ask. um, (laughs) What challenges have you faced as a queer and a person with disability. I mean, there aren't many stories, I think, from people. Well, that's why I think it's important to write my memoir. Mm. And I think that queer people with disabilities, it's very hard to uh, get back, getting back to the notion of intersectionality where does one end and the other begin? Your queerness, your disabledness. Mm. The, the reality is that I am... Uh, disabled people are queer. There are queer people who are disabled. <laughs> and it's a matter of degrees, I think. And it just so happens that I have quite distinct disabilities and my queerness is quite distinct as well and it's a matter of living with both of those and just thinking about it in those open terms is an interesting place to be Mm. I don't know if there's anyone who writes from a queer blind perspective Mm. I I haven't found anything yet yeah (laughs) yeah We've got a group called um, New Wave Rainbow Pride, mm. which is a group that... So New Wave is the self-advocacy group for people with uh, cognitive disabilities in Gippsland. And we've just started a group in the last few months called the Rainbow Pride, which is people who are queer. And so they're quite active, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Yeah. How does it feel to be a part of... It feels amazing to mm. be able to be part of that group. I didn't think I would. I didn't think it would be such a, a group, group of people. It's amazing mm. what you can talk about. <laughs> yeah, people who understand yeah. where you're coming from. Mm, and well, they're not blind. They mm. are queer. They have intellect, uh, cognitive disabilities. So yeah, yeah, we'll see. That's awesome. You, you need to have your family around you. Mm. 
which is what we we, we started, started with my family, mm-hmm. and that's what I was getting. Or yeah. that's what I was trying to articulate at the start. Yeah, without actually saying it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So these groups are your my family mm. because I can talk to you. I was talking to Sarah yesterday about her trans experience. She's a she's an old school trans is she? <laughs> person. Yeah, okay. So you could learn heaps from I her. I can learn heaps from mm. her. What have you learned so far from her? <laughs> she just doesn't give a fuck about anything. <laughs> really? Yeah. She just lives her best life. It's great. Wow. <laughs> you should meet her. Mm. <laughs> How have you reconciled, like when you were a child, you were saying that you know, there was conflicting um, thoughts around my real, religion. religion. Yeah, and so your I didn't want to have anything to do with religion for a long time since the age of twelve or something, mm. when I realised that I was gay and had nothing to do with it until I was like thirty-three. Okay, and then my friend Brett, <laughs> I met Brett at the first week of uni. And he was a little 17-year-old gay boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, first week of uni. And we're friends. We've been through the ringer together. So I wanted to sing in a choir again. And Brett said, come and sing with St. Mark's Choir. <laughs> and I said, I, I don't want to step into a church. It'll burn down. <laughs> <laughs> if I step into the church... <laughs> I said, no, it won't. Just come along. <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> and it was, and still is. And I still sing with the choir, and I'm singing with them tonight. Oh, beautiful. Oh, wow. <laughs> with that same choir. <laughs> oh, so you've been singing with that choir all this time? Yeah, since 2013. Mm. Since just after I got my second guide dog, Varric. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And how have your parents been in? They seem to be fine with my sexuality, although mum keeps asking me about boyfriends, <laughs> which is fine. But I'm actually questioning whether I'm polyamorous as well uh, as everything else. <laughs> so I <laughs> haven't told them that bit. <laughs> Just one thing at a time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, so they're fine with the, gen- uh, the uh, sexuality part, but they're not. They're not so accepting of my gender part. They're not accepting of my new name. So that's a journey for them and for me. I probably should have talked to them about my new name when I was deciding what it was going to be. But, uh, yeah, (laughs) I didn't. (laughs) And there's a very funny book by Jennifer Finney Boylan. He's a trans author in America. And a lot of my transness has come from that book. Is influenced? Well, no, it kind of put things into perspective. Right, okay. For me, I yeah. think. So you're able to understand what, what you're feeling and yeah. exploring? And knowing that it is a journey and it's mm. only my journey that I can take. Mm. And I'm on a certain path of it, part of it at the moment. And there's lots of stepping stones to go through, and I don't know how I don't know where it's going to end up. So. And that's okay, isn't and it? And that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like books and literature has 
kind of been important. Ah, oh, I love books. Yeah. Being able to read someone else's perspective about something is very important to me. Mm. What does pride mean to you? <sighs> you have to be proud to be able to live your best life and if you're not then that's a problem I apologise if I have asked any dumb questions <laughs> dumb ass right. questions dumb ass <laughs> such a dumb ass <laughs> I'm really still learning a lot thank you so much that's okay yeah and uh, Grant had just a while ago had his chin on my knee with oh, his yeah. eyes closed. <laughs> it was very sweet. All right. It's a sign of trust. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's nice. He's mm. comfortable. Let's let someone else in. Yeah. Adios. Adios. <laughs> Amigos. <That's him. laughs> okay, I'm pressing stop now. Oh, I was going to sing. Well, you can sing. <laughs> Amigos, piano siempre means you always be my friend. Oh. Amigos, piano siempre means my love will never end. Friends for life and not a summer or a spring. Amigos, piano siempre. Oh, that's gorgeous. I love that. Thank Andrew Lee Weber. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for the 1992 Olympics. Ah, oh, yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. Thank you, Sky. Thank you. Helen. Helen. Yeah, that's it. Helen. <laughs> Good to meet you. Yeah, you too. It's really been a real pleasure. Thank you. This podcast is released every Tuesday and Friday and could not have been possible without the support of our local community partners, Midsummer and the Fair of Victoria portfolio of the Victorian State Government. Throughout the series, you will hear firsthand the successes, hopes, dreams, fears and struggles of diverse members of our community. Pride Finder, the Rainbow Road Trip was a travelling project commissioned during the 2023 Midsummer Festival as part of the State Government's initiative, Victoria's Pride. Helen Thomas, an award-winning creative audio producer, journalist and queer ally, developed a mobile story studio with the purpose of encouraging connection, cultivating empathy and preserving people's experiences. As much of Victoria's queer history relies on verbal recount, Midsummer, Helen and the Pride Finder connected with regionally living LGBTQIA plus Victorians to help capture their unique stories. These conversations are frank, honest and reflect the language, thoughts, history and opinions of the individual. Views may not be shared by Midsummer or the Victorian State Government. Please keep yourself safe and refer to the show notes for specific triggers related to each episode. If something in this podcast has made you feel uncomfortable or brought up challenging feelings, please seek support from a loved one or from one of the helplines listed at the bottom of the show notes. 